preview. She said, what do you call it when your dreams have all died? And what do you call it when every breath's a sigh? And what do you call it when you just can't go on? And you wish in the end would come sooner. Well, I pondered a question and I, and I looked at the And I said, well, it's twelve, 12 p.m. So let's call, call Nooner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nooner Podcast on the Spodco Internet Radio Network. Sample. So, um, has anybody here seen my old friend John? What? Has anybody here seen Can you my hear me old now? friend John? Should we refer to the technical difficulty we just had? Or, or Can you didn't happen? tell me where he's gone? I was here, Marty, last he week. Freed a lot and of people, you were gone. But it seems the good they die. die what? What? I just look at them and something, something. No, this is. Um, uh, Tyson was just saying, greetings, Marty and John. How's Abraham? Uh, oh, oh, you know, oh. You know, Abraham, oh. Martin, and John? Yeah. That's a, it was such a, um, I mean, it's a, a song that really, really makes you feel good. It, it's kind of like the hippie spiritual version of a Weird Al Yankovic song. You know, it's like a little bit of a gimmick. You know, it's like, hey, let's let's name some like really timely people. You know, um, yeah, sort of. Yeah. There's a, there's another song, "The Night Shift" by the Commodores. It just name checks a whole bunch of people who are dead. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. It something in airplanes. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. No, that's REM. Uh, that's not I, the Commodores. I, I could have sworn that was Lionel Richie singing there. Um, yeah. No. No. That was. Uh, that was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, no, that was Yellow. No, you're thinking of um, Billy Joel. ELM. Yeah, you're thinking of Billy Joel. Yeah. You're thinking of Billy Eilish. I don't you're know. You're thinking about an Eilish. Hey, John. An John, Eilish. John, Eilish Island. John, introduce yourself. Let's like re- uh, reset. Hi. hi. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you it's, too, John. Uh, I'm I'm meeting you. Um, <laughs> I found I found myself very attractive just now when I met myself. I think I'm fascinating. Oh, my God. I think I want to spend more time with myself. Do you realize, dear listeners, what it's like? Like, what it's, I mean, this is like a glimpse into to the ego of, of John Sylvane. Oh, no. You can't really see it uh, all at once. You have to, it's not enough. You have to step back. And you, once you exactly. step back, far enough, exactly. you really can't see it. It's just too big. Yeah. It's oh. all encompassing. Well, you know, the um, the Lakers could have used you as center, you know. They could have used my ego as center. I'm not very tall. Well, but you make up for it in... You know, that's funny because I'm actually... Stature. I'm actually... I'm pretty... Considering that I'm old and fat and short and slow, I'm actually pretty good at basketball. I know. You play a lot. Well, I play once a week. Well, that's like um, let's see, 52 times more than me a week. <laughs> a year. A year. I mean, sorry. A year. <laughs> Good thing you're a wordsmith. So where were you last week, Marty? Why did we have a podcast? I was in uh, Quincy, Mass. Really? Yeah. What were you doing in Quincy, Mass? That's a pretty place. Uh, is it? Have you been? I don't know. Well, I, I just remember 
I do have to have this image of, of a White House uh, on a bluff overlooking the ocean and um, Abigail Adams waiting for John um, Adams to come home from yeah. France. Yeah, that handsome Getting man. Getting really fucking pissed off. That handsome man, John Adams. Um, that I guy was... was such a, he was a ball of fun, that guy. Yeah. I've yeah. read a couple of uh, uh, biographies. On, I listened to uh, biographies about John Adams to go to sleep. You know, it's the most soporific book I've ever read is a, a biography of uh, John Quincy Adams. Um, That'll put you to sleep. So that was uh, his nephew or son? His son. His son. And yeah, um, they were both dicks, self-righteous dicks. Yeah, uh, I, I I never watched the the uh, HBO show. John oh, Adams. really? Was it good? I did not really like it, but um, how was your I have... friend Paul? Paul was brilliant as usual, um, but there are a number of things that I, I did I didn't like the direction. I, I I kept on. It was one of those things where I kept on being aware that the way they were shooting it was not, um, uh, I thought good. How is the mise en scène? The the mise en scène. I don't think that's the the problem. Was the choice of shots, and and the blocking. So there's there's this one scene. Just for example, there's two scenes that really stri- uh, stuck in my mind as being like, what the fuck is going on here? One is you have Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams are all in France. These are some of the most important people um, in the history of the United States and maybe the world. And they're sitting there and they're talking on a like a park bench about the idea of freedom and what they're fighting for. And... Um, and they were all uh, very, I mean, they, they ended up, you know, Adams and Jefferson hated each other in the end. And they all had very, they were very different people, but they were all pretty fucking smart. And the scene was shot like it was um, on a proscenium. So they, they were all sort of sitting there. What's a proscenium? Like, it's a stage, you know, like, so. Why didn't you uh, just say stage? Because I use big words. I cannot lie. Those other brothers can't deny. I like big words. Um. It just makes me feel uh, like I'm smarter than um, mm. other people. Okay. I'm a pretentious asshole. No, you're you're just an ass. I mean, you're just pretentious. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Yeah, no, no. Please. Anyway, please that, that particular scene was boring, uh, and I thought it seemed. And and they were talking about they were talking about uh, political ideas and whether or not you know the uh, humans can govern themselves. And I just was like. This is a bore. Yeah, um, I mean, because do you really think they had those discussions? Where yes, but to to that extent, or were they just like, yeah, but check out the tits on Sally. What's her name? You know, they had a lot of free time. Yeah, so they did both. What's her name? Sally Hemmings. Uh, Hemmings. Ha- Sally Hemmings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that they did because they didn't have any. They didn't have the iPhones. In order to get anywhere, it took like an hour and a half. It walking, but plenty of time to talk. Yeah. So anyhow, I was in Quincy. Also, Ma- one of the worst sex scenes in the history of of anything. Like Abigail Adams comes comes to France, and and they have this sex scene that's just it, it, they're just flying at each other, and it's really embarrassing. And I'm just like, this is just ugh. anything. Um, Laura Linney and Paul Giamatti going at wait, it. Who is the first? Who is who is who is Abigail Adams? Laura Linney. Oh, I love Laura Linney. I love both of them. They're wonderful yeah, actors. They are so. You know, it was just kind of, uh, 
And the funny thing is, um, is you go over the history of, of TV and film, and that miniseries is one of just a very few things that are about the American Revolution. Very, very few things. That and Alan Alda's 1776. Exactly. I mean, you mentioned that. It's 1776, The Patriot. There's like Johnny Tremaine, like two versions of Johnny Tremaine, John Adams, and that's it. Mm. And then, oh, and then there's Turn. I mean, and this is, you know, there's a whole bunch of stories that happened during the American Revolution. It's a very important period of time. There's a gazillion stories about the uh, the Civil War and uh, TV shows about the uh, World War II and in World War One, but almost nothing. And I looked. Almost nothing. Why about didn't you his- make one? Well, because it's a boring time. <laughs> and there we go. Like, yeah. So the, the my whole thing about biopics is that I'm just like not interested in them because it's like. Oh, really? I can just re- read a two paragraph Wikipedia entry and like got it done. You know, yeah, well, there's some good ones. There's some, there's some really okay, what, good what's ones, your favorite biopic and tweeting, by the way, Tyson and uh, JP and Peter WG. What is your favorite biopic? One that really just like like um, is historically accurate and like really floored you. And I've I um, I've always held this because I, I've just never been that excited. But then uh, I worked for a guy who was like, fuck you, Patton. You know, Francis Ford Coppola directed it. I mean, uh, wrote it, and uh, I forget. He did. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget who who directed it, but but uh, George C. Scott plays Patton. You know, and one thing about it is that, and I haven't seen it, but but it wasn't so reverential. And and I think when you have these like, oh, they're sitting on the stoop and they're not talking about boobs, they're talking about democracy. You know, like it it lionizes and and uh, th- these. Uh, historical figures and doesn't humanize them you know i can't believe you didn't know that franklin l Schaffner directed Patton. that seems like oh no i did I, I knew that i knew that i oh, just yeah you did yeah, how dare okay. you how dare you uh but well my favorite uh biopic is probably the two i show i show all the president's men and i also show hidden figures hidden figure and both uh and it's interesting because they're not really biopics they're about something that happened all the President's Men is one of the most accurate movies ever made because the people who are involved were more interested in it being accurate than in it being a good movie. But um, they did. Woodward and Bernstein were not. I mean, at, at the time, being uh, ha- being in a Hollywood movie was not that big a, as big a deal as being, you know, having a career as a journalist. And they thought that if they were in this movie and it was, it was, they would it would ruin their career. So they had everything to be accurate and it is hidden uh, figures on the other hand is um is i mean it's you know sort of spiritually hack accurate but all the people in it lived at different times and they changed things around right but it's it, really good yeah and but i think then i bristle at the idea of like you know based on a true story or whatever but uh well it was it was it was really ba- i mean everything that happened in it happened to one or most of it happened to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I just don't, it bothers me when like what happened to 40 different people happens to one person for the sake of a, um, a narrative. And I get it. Like you want the exciting things to happen to, you know, in a very compact 90 to two hour uh, package. But mm-hmm. 
I don't like to feel manipulated. You don't like to feel manipulated, but you are. Oh, no, no, exactly. No, I completely acknowledge that the idea of a narrative is is giving yourself over to manipulation. Yeah. But I don't want to feel that way. So you want the hand job, but you don't want to feel the fingers. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what you're saying. Oh yeah! Oh yep. yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! Yep. It's like a virtual hand yeah, job. It's like it's like sitting on your hand until it falls asleep and then jacking off. Right. Exactly. Have you ever done that? Nope. No, um, Peter WG says, "I remember liking the first two episodes of John Adams, but similarly thought it was a bit." It got a bit stale. Uh, biopics, I don't have a great answer, but the hurricane popped into my head and is biopic mm. adjacent. Yes, exactly. Adjacent? Yeah. Um, I thought that was really a biopic. Uh, well, no? it, it is, but I think that they t- take dramatic liberties. And, and obviously they do it in most movies. Uh, but I like that, you know, how in All the President's Men, that was a... Um, it was fairly accurate, you know, how Holbrook was in the garage, you know. Um, it was, I mean, honest to God, it was, uh, everything that is said outside of the newsroom is word perfect because they based it on their notes. And so everything, it, it is, it is, it is remarkably historically accurate. Well, then why did William Goldman write it? Well, he, he actually wrote it and then they said, no, this is bullshit. And they had to like they kept on going back. He had a whole bunch of shit in there. Oh, did he? He had a whole yeah. He had a whole like love story between uh you know uh, Woodward and some girl, and just it was completely Bernstein. Hollywood. And Woodward and Bernstein were like, no, 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 no. And then and then uh, Nora Ephraim, who was married to uh, Bernstein at the time, and Bernstein wrote a, a thing, and it was funny. Uh, uh, Alan uh, Pakula directed it, and. And he read it. He's, I just read about this recently. And he read it and said, well, I guess it really looks like uh, Nora Ephraim loves Bernstein. <laughs> that was what he, that's what he got from that draft. There you go. Was, and then they ended up getting divorced. And um, Doesn't that mean was they heartburn. Didn't... Oh, yeah. Um, there's some weird sound going on. Yeah, that's me talking. Yeah, I'm, I, I know. So, um, but yes, I, I agree that well, I, I, I love that, that you researched that. Um, uh, Tyson mentioned uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was George Clooney's. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, George Clooney's movie with everybody's favorite, uh, Sam Rockwell, playing uh, Chuck Barris. Yeah. And, and I, Chuck you know. Barris from the Gong Show. Yes. And. He says, I really like uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which I'd like to think is 99.7% accurate. But um, uh, I don't think that I don't think I think that. that no, no. The whole that, point of it is an unreliable narrator, which I think is, oh. is his point. You know, was it's it like, good? I, I, I couldn't get through it. I, it's just George uh, Clooney made, directed it. Yeah. 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 And it's it's like visually really beautiful. And Sam Rockwell's great. I just, you know, I, I just I, 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 you just don't care. I'd rather get lost in something. Um, is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Is that a biopic? <laughs> Sorry. It is. But it just no. happened years uh, eons ago. They just transplanted it in the modern day to make it relevant. 
but that's where all the dinosaurs got killed. Um, JP says, I, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I've always loved Ed Wood, Wolf of Wall Street as a biopic that's interesting in trying to be crass and fun. Um, yeah, and both of those are like extreme examples of, of just pushing something um, in, a, in an extreme way. Um, Ed Wood is, is great, and uh, Martin... Uh, What's his name? Martin Mission Impossible. No, Mission Impossible. Oh, uh, Martin Landau. Martin Landau is so good as Bella Lugosi in in there. Yeah, he was great. And you know, uh, my brother-in-law ran into him at a a diner once, and and Martin Landau was a a sort of a a doodler and made a little doodle for him on a napkin. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But to answer your question. Which one? Uh, I was in Quincy, Ma. Oh, you were in Quincy, Mass. Yes. Quincy, Ma. And did you know that Quincy, and this is like a, it's a little suburb of Boston, would you say? Yeah. Um, it's yes. Like just, just south um, of Boston. Is it south? Just south and, and right on oh. the water. And yeah. um, it is 30% Asian. You mean the ground or the people? Um, the, the people. I had no idea. 30% seems like a lot. Yeah. Like I was, what do you think, uh, like I, what I, is it? Garden Grove is probably 90% Asian. Uh, not 90, probably like, uh, 40. Um, uh, how, how many Koreans actually live in Koreatown? Doesn't it seem like the, that hardly any Koreans actually live in Koreatown. They just come there and eat and, and, uh, work and go to shop. Racist. So, um, so like, I was just like, I was like, I arrived in Boston, like thinking like, oh, I'm in the most racist, you know, city in the U S because like historically the sports teams are, are the the sports fans, the sports fans are very racist and there's, there's people are racist, not the sports fans. Okay. Well, that's the symptom. Right. But then I get there and I'm walking like I, like I'm notoriously cheap when it comes to travel, and so like I took the free I bus. Think you could just you could make that sentence simpler and just end it earlier, like like saying you're notorious. I'm notorious. Cheap. I'm notorious. So I I C H E A. I'm notorious, and I took the the free bus into to town, and and then took the the train into to Quincy, and it was all free. It was awesome. Like, like that's weird. Yeah, it was great, and I took the flyway into into LAX. So it like took me, like aside from the flight, it was like twelve dollars to get to from my home to the Best Western in Quincy, Ma. It was awesome. Was your flight was your flight was cheap too? Uh, well, it wasn't free, but uh, oh, actually, it was free. We paid for it with miles. So, yeah. So, huh. So it was like twelve dollars to get. F- I mean, it didn't feel like a, a gift. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking Quincy, Massachusetts. But walking through Quincy, Massachusetts, uh, from the train station to the hotel, uh, motel, um, there were like Asian people everywhere. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And then I looked it were up. You, were, you, were you a little afraid? No, I was like, man, I could be king here. I could be king! And I looked around and like, and then I looked it up and it's like, it, it, uh, in the past, like 
15 years 15 years ago it was like 15% Asian and then in that same time it, it grew another 15%. So it's like 30% Asian. Was was it all was it all just sex that they all just had lots of babies? Is that what happened? No, no. I think it's it this is like an an immigrant I thing. I didn't think that really happened. I was no, joking. Yeah, yeah. But but it, it, the, there's an immigrant sort of movement where like a a, a group of people come they they come to one place and they're like, "Hey, come yeah. on over," and that's what happened there. And they they have uh, there's a an Asian market supermarket called Ninety Nine Ranch, and that was right there in Quincy, Massachusetts. And Did it start there? Uh, no, 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 it didn't start there. No, it, it's it, we have those here, right? Yeah, yeah we thought, have tons of them. I thought they were I thought they were um, Hispanic. Ninety Nine Ranch. I guess I've never been in. <laughs> Racist. Um. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to think I'm racist, but you keep on identifying things that aren't racist. Whatever racist. <laughs> so, uh, but anyhow, it was, it was really interesting uh, because I had been there maybe 15 years ago and in Boston, and I was like, this is like the weirdest, like whitest place, like the Chinatown. Quincy? No, uh, Boston, Boston. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyhow, my niece graduated from uh, college. She's gra- she's actually walking tomorrow in her ceremony. But I, we went oh. for for her her um, senior week. You know, when they they're done with classes and they're just hanging out. So it was really fun just to see. Where'd she graduate element. from? Harvard. Oh, she couldn't get into Yale. Yeah, she she didn't get in. But um, that's yeah. too bad. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and did it was she, just did, really did, fun. Did she learn how to be a jerk? Because that's the main thing. That they oh, no, no, there. no. They accepted her because she's a jerk. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she's a she's a, a terrible, terrible person. And she's a racist. And, um, yeah. Perfect. She'll yeah, fit yeah. in perfectly there oh, at yeah, Harvard. Yeah. yeah. Or she did. She must have enjoyed herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She enjoyed, like, just... Uh, just... You know, it is a terrible place. What? what Cambridge? Harvard. Harvard. Why? No, Cambridge is great. Oh, I, I just went there once, and I I uh, I mean I I used to uh, hang out in Harvard Square all the time because my uh, my mother lived in Boston and and Newton and and I would go down. I I you know I I grew up with my father, but I see my mother every other weekend. We go down to Boston, and and uh, so I knew that I and I you know go to Harvard Square and stuff like that. Um, and um, she were actually work at MIT as a secretary. Um. And so, but uh, when I was at uh, Yale and we were doing improv, um, we uh, had an improv festival and the, uh, the people from Dartmouth came down, including apparently Hilarious. Uh, Ra- Rachel Drach um, on that weekend, apparently caused her to think she really wanted to do whatever she did for a living for a living. So that's, uh, and so. The, so you the, take, the, you're uh, taking credit for Rachel yes, Drach's I am. career yes, I am. trajectory. Who, by the way, is an American treasure. She's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, America, yeah. for yeah, the yeah. treasure. So, and Mindy, the, um, Mindy Kaling went to Dartmouth as well. Yeah. yeah but yeah, do you want to a take credit people, for that? A lot too? of people, a lot of sheep, sheep fuckers went to Dart, Dartmouth. Um, and so uh, Mindy Kaling, brought... sheep fucker. That that is what it says on her tops trading card. <laughs> well, it's good. Their motto is screaming in the woods. Or it may be a cry in the wilderness. I think it's screaming in the woods. 
I don't Latin. know. I don't. This is like some waspy shit. I don't understand, but it's funny. If you look at it, if you look at it, it's 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 Latin for screaming in the woods. All right. <laughs> 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 Truth. That's Harvard. So I went to we I we stopped at Harvard. Uh, they they dropped me off on the way up to, to go to and I and I went to a show at Harvard and it was it was awful and it was uh, it was asinine and I was disgusted. I why? Thought, why? But, why? Why? Well, they they were it was two it was actually a uh, two guys who were um, uh, DJs at the uh, at the you know student radio station, and they had they had mics and they were in front of a group of about twenty five people. And uh, they were doing sort of insult comedy into their mics in a uh, really dumb way. Um, and uh, they weren't funny. And then they would introduce people who would do acts and they, they weren't mic'd and then make fun of them while they were doing them. And I thought, this is terrible. These people are all jerks. It's true what they say. So that's, that was my experience of Harvard. Um, but it's not really true. They're all very nice. Everybody's nice. Everybody's good. There is no, there's no evil in the world. I'm pretty evil. Well, except for you. you I mean, you're it. You're pretty much it. You're yes. the evil. Yes. I finally yeah. distinguished myself from yeah, finally. The, the flotsam and jetsam of the world. Um, yeah, you, you risen above. Yeah. So you were, you were, you were in um, uh, Quincy, and your, uh, your nieces graduated from college. Yeah, and, and I went to awesome. where Kruger grew up, and I peed on his um, his doorstep. And Newton. Uh, yeah, and Did, uh, were you were you, were you intimidated by the whiteness of Newton? Because that's a fucking white ass place. Um, I put on white face uh, just to oh, fit good. in. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, uh, you went to Quincy, and um, but the thing about Quincy, I just look, I didn't. It's on the other side of Boston. You got all the way from Logan to Quincy for free. It was amazing. And it was like, really it, it was like easy. It was super fun. Like, um, and it was, but I didn't get in at like 630 in the morning on a red eye, but, um, yeah, it was awesome. And sorry, Peter WG, I didn't make it down to Connecticut. I did make it down to Providence, uh, for the first time. I'd never been there before. Never been to Rhode Island. Um, it's a shithole. No, it's not a shithole. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. No, it is a shithole. You should just be honest about it. Providence is a shithole. Well, wow. All right. No, come on. Let's be honest. Okay. Providence is a it's known. It's a, it's like a scientifically established fact that Providence is a shithole. So let's move on. All right, moving en on. Enough of me insulting places for no abs yeah, absolutely right, no right, reason. Right. Just like this weird Ivy League type of like snobbery. Um Oh, I think Brown is great. <laughs> I think Providence is a shithole. Um so uh, Jim Jim Brown died. Jim Brown was a, a sports figure. Do you know who Jim Brown was? Yeah, yeah. They they named a college after him in Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, Jim Brown of uh, Brown in Providence, which is a shithole, but it, you know Brown's a good school. Um, he is considered. He just passed away at the age of uh, four thousand eight hundred and twenty-three. He, uh, he was eighty-three or something. Um, and he could, he's considered one of the greatest running backs of all time and maybe one of the greatest football players of all time. Maybe. People can debate about it. He was really great. But there's no debate about the fact that he is the greatest lacrosse player of all time. Everybody agrees on that. 
I don't know if they agree on that. I don't know if the white people agree about, uh, on that. No, every, they all do. No, it's it, he's considered in the, the lacrosse. I looked it up, man. I did some investigation. Okay. And yeah, he he uh, he like he scored he scored forty three goals in ten games his senior year. Have you ever seen a lacrosse game? I used to be the manager of the lacrosse uh, team. Yeah, on. my my roommate freshman year was the the lacrosse goalie. So yeah. So yeah, so they they the the, the score of a game is usually like one to three or two. They, to... they they get in the teens sometimes, you know. It's maybe it's... when you, maybe when your roommate was playing. <laughs> Yeah, when he was defending, he he, he was they they actually actually did really really well. I mean, they, it was a it was a, an amazing time for for uh, lacrosse at the time. My bro- my brother was a lacrosse goalie. You know what you need to to have to be a lacrosse goalie? A really high pain threshold because you, you, well, you have to have no sense of up. any. You have to have no sense. Yeah, yeah. You the, get the, fucked up like. He a was, hard rubber ball is coming at you at up to 180 miles an yeah. hour. It is the fastest. And you're supposed sp- to get in the way. It, it is the fastest sport uh, on two legs, like like the fastest ball sport. Because, like, they're running at full speed. Like, if you're in, playing soccer or you're doing football, like, you're carrying s- stuff. And, and you have, like, lacrosse, you're just, you're just going, you know. It, and, the ball, and the ball goes really fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they have these sticks that they throw them with, and they have like professional uh, lacrosse, which is seven on seven, and it is brutal. And those guys are fucking mooks, and it it is a brutal, brutal sport. Yeah, but yeah. So the professional lacrosse league, my brother was telling me this. I don't know anything about it, so let's discuss it. Um, my brother was telling me that what they've decided to do is they just have these, these, these clubs, but they're not associated with a place. So that they, the you could just choose a a club to be a fan of, and then they go around. All Does right. that make any sense? Does that so, seem like so a dumb idea? They're like the cryptocurrency of uh, of sports uh, franchises. Then, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a new way. You could you can be the fan of any one of them. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. so here, this is my question. So, um, he's Jim Brown. known as Jim Brown. He's Jim Brown, Jim Brown is known as a, a football player, but he was really, really wicked good at lacrosse. When I was just thinking, I was listening to a, a book and they were talking about Billie Holiday and the voice that came into my head was um, David Sedaris, because I don't know if you've ever heard. He does an amazing, um, uh, yes, uh, yeah, he does a great impression. So he, and he's known for his writing and for his reading of his own writing. But he really is. I mean, he's just amazing at doing Billy Holiday. Well, so I was just thinking about people. It's a very exaggerated one, but it's it, it is definitely well, him. It's definitely well, him doing Billy Holiday. But you're like, Billie oh, Holiday is exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you listen to actually Billy Holiday, you're like, is that a, is that Bill? Is that a drag queen or is it, that? Yeah, is that a slow down record <laughs> of a drag queen? And uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very funny. Um, yeah. But also, uh, Jim Brown had a, a, a substantial, like, um, Hollywood career in the seventies and eighties. Yes, he did. He did. He had a substantial career. It was all, for the most part, B movies, war movies, and, um, yeah. exploitation, black exploitation movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Slaughter's Big Ripoff, where he played Slaughter. 
Um, there was a movie Who called... Who played Big Ripoff? Uh, well, there was also... That was the sequel to Slaughter, where he played Slaughter. Yeah. Um, he also was in Black Gun. Do you know who he played in Black Gun? Uh, Black Gun? No, he played Gun. He um, played Gun? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, he... So, he was basically the title role of a lot of movies. Yeah, and then he was also in, uh, in some 80s movies. He, he was in The Running Man, and I mean, you know... He, 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 did you ever see the movie Bad News? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. Yeah, he he played he played bad news. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a brute, you know. He, yeah, he, yeah. He was not a, a a super. Yeah, yeah. He he had he would have been canceled, I think, in in this. Oh yeah, he yeah he apparently beat up women. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. But you know, everybody did back then. Except for me, I was born in 1968, and in the 60s, I didn't beat anybody. You didn't beat up any women? No. You were uh, the youngest uh, of the uh, of uh, three, is that right? Yes. And they, uh, so you had two sisters. Did they beat you up? Did you ever hit them? Okay, moving on. No, no. I no. When you were little? No, never. Did No, never. Mm. Did, did they ever hit you? Were they ever mean to you? Uh, we were all mean to each other. Like that's like right. that's what, that's what like, I'm relationships are. But yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to cause a scandal. I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, but we were never violent. No. No, you weren't violent. I wasn't very violent with my brother either. Just once in a while, hold him down. Go on. Slap him. Go on. Spit him in the face. Go on. And he'd go. Yeah, you think you're a big man? Just infuriate me. Try and get him to hurt me more hit him hit him more wow uh, i just uh and that makes me feel bad now i feel have a lot of um a lot of feelings gonna come up you know marty <laughs> i just feel inadequate and that's why i can't have sex i'm sorry are we is this live um so I was just wondering if there's anybody else who's like kind of known for what? something, but is really, really good at, at something else. Well, Bo Jackson is a very famous uh, example of that. What was he famous for? What was he really good at something that he wasn't famous for? Well, he, I mean, he was he was he did two sports, but was he was he really good at crochet? Is that what you're saying? No, it's not what I'm saying. I never said. I never mentioned crochet. He was really good at bricklaying. He was. <laughs> like, you're, you're really good at fencing, which is like the most random thing ever. How dare you? I mean, don't you think it's the most random thing ever? Like, like the thing is like, okay, here's, here's what I was thinking about. You know what I'm really good at? Mm, no. I'm really good at I, I really, I really don't know what you're good at. Candle no, John, you are, for those of you who are listening to this, you have to understand that John is one of my heroes. Like, I, I, gradu sad? I, I graduated from college. <laughs> Do you say graduated from college or graduated college? Do I say? I say from. Yeah. I, I don't understand the lack of preposition, you know. Graduated um, college. That sounds like graduated cylinder. <laughs> So John is a graduated cylinder, um, but I, I, you know that. Like I think about words all day, and and I still fuck them up 
all the time as evidenced in this podcast, but um, that is one that I just can't get my head around. Um, but Graduated I, college. You know, yeah, I think that's wrong. I idolized, I, and I continue to idolize John Sylvain. Like, really? Yeah. That's so sad. No, it's not. Because, John, you are, you are an, a very impressive human being. You are um, empathetic. Thanks, you're Marty. thoughtful. You're, um, and you're very inclusive and ins inspirational. So No, I, I'm not. <laughs> and you're a shitty improver. I'm going to say it right now. You're the worst improv teacher. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're the worst improv teacher I've ever had. Um, but yet I know all the foundations of improv from John. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, message Name received. One. What give me a question. Active. Never mind. Yeah. Uh so uh so it's fun to to rib John and but it's all always comes from love. Um what were you talking about, John? We were just talking about, so, is there anybody else who's really good at some weird random oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Like, I, um, I, I was wondering if there's something that when you graduated from college, yeah, whether, whether there was something that you wish you had known. And, of course, like, when you graduate from college, you're like, eh, I fucking know everything. Bah, 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 yeah. Bah, bah, bah. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm like, and I was thinking like, you know what, what's like a $500 like credit card debt? Like, I'm just, I'm going to end up making money, but I had no plan, you know? Um, and like, yeah. So what, what would be the advice? Well, one thing I knew, I knew, um, I was, I felt very smart cause I never took on credit card debt when I was that, in college. That's the smartest thing you could ever do. I, I, in fact, I, I only started using credit cards like, like five years ago. And, and you, you should only do it if you can pay it off, but, but go yeah, on. no, I, I really think credit card debt is a terrible, uh, but, crap. For but what, what do you wish you had? Well, it's interesting because I didn't want to do credit card debt because I also, I just, I came out of college with this idea that, um, if I did what I loved, um, money would follow or not. Right. And it didn't matter. Right. Cause I, 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 I was raised by hippies who were like, just do what you want. You yeah. Know? Uh, to the, well, I wasn't, but I did what I wanted anyway. Like right. my father was very, my father was born in 1933. He was born to itinerant potato farmers in Aroostook County, Maine in 1933, the depths of the depression and the poorest County in the country and they didn't have a home and they were picking potatoes to survive. And that, and he was the sixth of seven. So, um, Jesus fucking know, he, Christ. Like, oh my I God. know, right? What? Is this like, wow, you, you need to write some sort of sharecropper like uh, musical right now, you know? Well, you know, everything got better from that moment on. That was the funny thing. He was born into that, but he didn't experience it because he was born. By the time he was like four, you know, the, the, they had a, a home and my grandfather had a, a regular job. And uh, and then, you know, by the time he was aware of things, it was World War Two uh, had started. And, you know, oh, I was going to say one, but anyhow, go on. No, no, it's 1933. And he he was he missed the uh, the draft for all the wars, but he got the G.I. Bill. I mean, he's his generation is literally called the lucky few. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, I think we're part of the lucky few as well frankly 
Well, uh, I, I guess, well, I mean, okay. we, we make a middle class, like, no, you're right. Wage and we are homeowners and in a, a big metropolis that is not going to happen. If we were, came into LA at uh, 22 now, we would never own a home in LA. I think you're right. And, and the, uh, the funny, I, I, I looked at this. I graduated into the middle of the worst recession since the Great Depression, and there has been a worse recession since, since then. then but 2008, I yeah. But um, but my class, I went back for my reunion. My graduating class is the highest donating class in uh, the history of Yale, which means they're the highest earning class. Yeah, and why is that? Because Hedge we funds. were, because we lived in, we came up in a really privileged time. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and, and it, a lot of all those, all those friends of mine who didn't know what they wanted to, do, I would knew what I wanted to do with my life, and I, I, would, I fucked myself. You right just didn't have ass. any. You didn't have a business plan. You know. I didn't have a business plan. I was going to go to Seattle and be an actor, where there's no way you can make any and start small theaters. I started two small theaters. Do you know that there's absolutely no way to make money from small theater? It's not possible. Are those theaters still around, John? Yes, they are. It's yes, incredible. okay. You know what? Then put then that. I have done amazing things. And well, not no, made okay, one no, you've done penny. you've done things. Okay? I've done things. <laughs> no, you've done I've amazing done, things. You've I done have, amazing things. I've made some actions. I've done. I've moved forward. Well, but it, it does like it. it it makes you think about like what what do we do things for? Like, do we think do things for uh, the the glory of creation? Do we do things for money? Do we think do things for legacy? You know, like why? And yes, no, I I did, I did things for uh, for happiness, um, but I I should have done a few things to make money because then I would be more comfortable. Okay, so what do you wish you had told yourself at twenty two? Uh, now that you're at um, what 84 80 80 yeah, Methuselah as Methuselah like what would you tell your your 22 year old self like what would what would you tell yourself to um, because um, I would I'm say assuming money, that wait I'm I, assuming that there are young people who are listening that are graduating they're not they're not they're not but 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 just they're not listening no they're not listening but go ahead I'd say money isn't everything, but it is something. Yeah, yeah. As David Lee Roth said, like money, uh, money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a yacht that can pull up right next to it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, I'm butchering that, but he did it in a very David Lee Roth way. But yeah, and yeah, man. yeah, yeah. How can you sing when you can't see, speak in a regular voice? But well, the great will there it is. There it is. Um, what about you, Marty? What would you tell your younger self? Just, just uh, uh, have a backup plan and pay keep, off. Keep fencing. No, don't fence. Just pay off your shit. You know, don't don't spend more than you make. Don't it's like a, it's a really it's a really simple thing and it, it was like this weird assumption that i had of like i went to a really good school and i'm really smart and like but i had no plan at all and and maybe there are some people out there who 
are have those plans the the robert townsends who who maxed out like six credit cards or whatever to to make uh, hollywood shuffle for thirty thousand dollars and made five million dollars on the returns for that like or, or the kevin's very lucky because that movie wasn't that good no nor was i mean and you can wasn't also that good uh you can also say that like uh clerks has flaws in it um but you know um there's a lot of dedication behind that, but also there's a, a huge price to pay as we learned from Kevin recently, you know, and, and one of the things I think about is like, when I, I think about all the people who are really at the top of their game, like um, in, in the business world is that they don't have a huge, um, like the, the, the guy who runs Airbnb, um, I, I can't remember his name, but, um, you know, he's 41 years old since he was 26. He's been doing this job and he now runs a multi-billion dollar company, but he has no life. And, uh -huh. and, and that's a sacrifice. And ironically, made. he has no home. Uh, and the funny thing is he does have a home, but he rented it out. And then he also went and, and Airbnb'd his way through the through the pandemic because he wanted to to experience it. I mean, he's an amazing guy. Um, yeah, Brian Chesky is his name. I, I didn't look it up. It just came to me, uh, just for the record. Um, but he's like an well, because I I, I, I I hate I don't I don't want to rely on devices, and I want to be like uh, I can sometimes pluck things out of my brain, sometimes. But um, this might be the last time. So it, just it might be the last time. Yeah, but he's like. He sacrificed a ton, and he's achieved a ton. Um, but I don't know if he's happier or he's certainly has a lot more money than than you or me. Um, but I, I I just don't see my I don't envy him. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, you don't envy him because you're not interested in doing the things that he's interested right. in doing. I'm envious of the passive investors who like. Who like? Oh, I, I got yeah, I got a yeah. bunch of money and I invested in Apple in 1987. You know, and yeah, yeah, and that. that but is... you know, like I did, I did all these. I did. I started two theaters, and what that meant was, I made very little money at day jobs, and then I spent another 60 hours a week or 70 right. hours a week. You put in um, the same effort as Brian yeah. Chesky did, and made nothing, and made nothing, yeah. and yet, was it? satisfying oh yeah it was for the mo it was heartbreaking it was satisfying it was miraculous it was amazing yeah it was great but it was also um uh there was also a, a part of it that was i wasn't taking a chance on my own self i thought you know this this is this is me in a nutshell i had a improv group in um college and uh we were really good and um no i i'm kidding I, I and, never, I never saw you. Oh well, fuck you. Um, purple but, crayon. Uh, purple crayon. Graduation comes along, and um, everybody is going off to business school and law school and architecture school. And I'm like, I'm like the bassist from the band who's like, what, 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 what do you? Okay, what do we, Phil Lamar was. It, wasn't Phil Lamar in the Purple Crayon? Yeah. All right. So he was one who who made. Good. Yeah, he went off to. But I thought we were going to stick together. Oh, like like the like um like the footlights at at uh, Cambridge, right? Yeah, well, 
they don't actually speak the, but the you know the, the guys <laughs> who became Monty Python. But kind of that Monty Python is actually made up of people from all over. They were uh, that came together later. But you know, I thought we were, and I heard, I remember hearing Mark, uh, not Mark, uh, Mike Nichols, talking about the Compass Players. He said, "Yeah, when you're young, you get What's to the work Compass with Players? Your I don't know what that is. The Compass Players is basically the original um, improv group. Ed Asner, um, uh, what's his name? The uh, the father of improv, Del Close. Actually, Del Close. Um, uh, Nichols and May, yeah, yeah, um, and they were. I didn't know Ed Asner was part of that. Like, I mean, it doesn't yeah. surprise me at all because he he's so amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, Severn Darden, and and so the Compass Players were those that original group, and then you know, uh, Lane, May, and um, uh, Mike, Mike Nichols. Nichols sort of became the the stars, and they they had Nichols their own Broadway May. show, and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, and they made and, uh, and they both directed and wrote many, many movies that were all like not all, but several of them were really, really fantastic. And one of them is considered one of the worst movies ever made, which is Ishtar. Um, I don't think that's the worst movie ever made. It it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. So is Heaven's Gate is also considered one of the worst yeah, movies but those ever are made. Both I think interesting movies. They're both interesting movies. Neither one of them is Orca, which is actually the worst movie ever made. Bo Derek was amazing in that. How dare you? I, I want to claw your f- eyes out. I, I saw that movie when I was eleven, and I wanted to leave. It was so bad. I was fucking eleven. Okay. It was terrible. Okay, agree to disagree. Jesus, no, John. You can't, you can't disagree with me. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's the assignment for next week. We're gonna try and watch Orca. All right. Um. So, like, tell us about the death. <laughs> What? The debt ceiling. Like I'm just looking at this like list. I'm like, oh, the debt ceiling. Let's move on. <laughs> move on. Move on to the debt ceiling. So here's the question. This is just a real quick question. Should we just fucking give in? Should we just like toss in the whole like finances of the United States? I mean, fuck it, right? We okay. have terrible leadership. No, they, they, they I argue, think you have just to say no. Fuck it. We'll just we'll just default. I think you have to explain how the debt ceiling works. So. It's Congress, so simple. Congress votes on a budget, and then yeah. after that, they vote on the debt ceiling. So mm-hmm. if they vote for the budget and then vote against the debt ceiling, they're basically saying, like, oh, yeah, we okayed that, but we don't okay the payment of that. Like, Well, it's, it's two different um, – it, it's done at two different times. I think yeah, the but, debt ceiling is, uh, is, like, done every couple years. But they shouldn't be related, right? Like, no, no, no. They absolutely shouldn't be related. You, wait, it's, wait, it's just uh, like this. If wait, you wait, buy you, stuff... Can you break it down just like... And I, I know you're about to and you're doing that, but but like, so the budget gets voted on and we are committed to spend that money. And then how does the debt ceiling work into that? Well, basically, uh, we have a budget and we... Um, it's It's... Let's say it's about eight trillion dollars. Yes, and the military is the bulk of that. And yeah, don't get into the just. It's eight trillion dollars. Okay, okay, okay. okay D- different question. Different dollars, question. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're, and yeah. we and and we bring in as a country, we bring in six trillion dollars. So in order wait. to wait, wait, let me do the math. Okay. 
All right, we're going to take wait, a short wait, break. Wait, 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 wait. It's called the Marty yeah, Math okay, Break. I'm, uh, During the Marty Math Break, it's fun to think about other things. Let's think about There are the $7 trillion dollars missing okay. in that equation. How much? $17 trillion. <laughs> I think my mouth is unassailable because I'm Chinese. <laughs> I did it on my abacus. So when you, you take eight trillion and you subtract six trillion you get 17 trillion maybe by western math but whatever well that okay anyway so you have a deficit of either two or 17 trillion you know i agree to disagree Go. it's a it's a matter of a decimal point here look at if if i can you know if if i can create so anyway you have these bills that are coming due and in order to pay them, you have to borrow money, right? It's just like, it's yeah, like you got, you, that's what uh, the it, Fed is for, right? Yes, exactly. And so they uh, have to borrow money, and that borrowing has to be authorized by the Congress. And if we don't authorize it, then we start not paying our bills, which we but, haven't ever done as a government. But why should approving a budget be separate from authorizing the budget uh why should approving the budget what so we approved a budget and then yeah. later on we have to authorize the payment for that budget why should those yeah, two they're, be, they're why should those two things, things be separate uh why should they be separate yeah because um, if, if we agree, if the same body is agreeing to that, spending that amount of money, why shouldn't, why should it be different from paying that amount of money? Um, why should, are you asking me why should it be or why is it? Because there's two different answers. Because the answer to your first question is it shouldn't be. It doesn't make any right, sense. Right. Okay. That, that, that's my question. Yeah. So that should it, it shouldn't be it there should it should be automatic if we're gonna if we if we're gonna say we're gonna spend more than we make and we're a government that can do that and we have uh, basically our bonds are so good that we can they're you know seen as um, basically the same thing as money so because we've always paid our debts right um, so but I, I don't even know why this is an issue you know but I, I, I do know why because it's a political uh, um, football to, to toss around my understanding is that is that we have this thing in place where Congress has to say yes we're going there's a ceiling and we're gonna we're, we're not going to go above this on debt and we have to raise it every once in a while yeah but why not didn't like they figure that out when they approved the budget no what I'm saying is it's a separate thing. Not, not, I'm not answering your question like it's logical. I'm telling you why it happens. Right, right. It's because it's a separate, it's a separate rule. I know, but why is it separate? Because it's dumb. Okay, that, that, that is, that answer my question. Um, this, oh, uh, let me explain it to you. This is all fuckery. This is all stupid. No, no, I, I, I got it. I got it's it. Dumb, dumb, diddy, dumb, 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 diddy, dumb, no, dumb, no, dumb. I, I, and that's why I, I think we should just fuck it. We should right. just say, no, no, fuck it. No, but he, this is why I think. It's it's absurd to even have this this discussion because it's like it doesn't it doesn't get us anywhere. So it's like if you're gonna make changes, do it in the budget problem process. 
And yes, but we yeah. th- we don't have that because we're dumb. So my question is not what's what's the answer to this problem. My question is, should we just like throw up our hands and let and say, well, you guys can't figure it out, so we're just going to default no, and no. send the world. That into- would be a, no? a terrible, terrible, that? terrible, terrible. Oh thing. come on! How bad could it be? Yeah. Uh, really? I mean, you know, a few, a billions of people die of starvation and uh, in, it, it, it'll bring around the, the Hunger Games world, you know, or, or the uh, Mad Max. That stuff was fun. How do you what do you think happens between now and the world of Mad Max? It's this. Right. And the world of Mad Max is awesome. Right. I mean, you like Fury Road. Right. Well, I mean, I like John Wick, but I'm anti-gun. See, that's the thing, Marty. You gotta decide. You have to decide what you want. I can't. I can't. Don't make me decide, John. <laughs> um, All right. So that that question is too hard. Yeah. No. It's, that's it, really you know. No. It, okay. it, it, it actually isn't that hard. It's just like a dumb procedural rule that, like, it it just should be that your debt ceiling should be tied to your budget. You, you know. So it's like. There also should be be a, a basic test of civics to get to become a, yeah, a, a of representative. Course, of course. But but the, and, the, and the the way that that test that test should be made so that that certain people whose names are um, rhyme with Mobert and yeah Freen uh, yeah. but but I I just don't think that I, I don't think we gain anything by even having a, a, a debate about this because it's like okay if. Spending is the problem. Then you should have been there at the budget. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And 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 just move it to the next time. So anyhow, it's it's yeah. it's dumb. Um, but I, I I think it's important to point out because I don't like that this becomes a discussion point. It it should just it, it's the dumbest thing ever. Uh, John, you wrote in our notes. What is the favorite your favorite part of the war in Ukraine? I was just being dark. I was just being dark. No, 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 no. Dark. John, please tell us your favorite part. Which mass well, grave was your favorite? You know, my favorite uh, part of the war in Ukraine is what Zelensky's wearing when he goes to all of these uh, meetings. He he just he just looks uh, like such a badass. Yeah, and I, you know. He never wears a suit and a tie. He's always wearing a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, and a sweatshirt. And uh, I just, you know, it kind of looks like he just throws on whatever he throws on. Yeah, it makes yeah. everybody look like a like kind of silly. In, in in terms of messaging, I don't think there's a more effective politician out there. Like he, no, he's so. Have you watched good. Uh, his show? Uh, no, I, I I don't speak Ukrainian. I... Um... So, so you don't watch anything with subtitles. I don't fucking read. Have you not okay. listened to this show? All right. So, so do you? Uh, when you watch, uh, you know, K dramas, do you just learn Korean? No, I just absorb the emotionality because they leave it all there on the screen, yo. Okay, I'm sorry. I just keep eating these chips. It's really stupid. Um. So that was just. Uh, I was just being dark. But if you have a favorite part of the war in Ukraine, please write in. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about military shit, but, uh, a lot of the, the news has been optimistic and, and I, I, I just, when you think about like how the Vietnamese drove 
back the U.S. is amazing. Like, yeah, and the it, thing and is, it, it the had US, a huge toll for sure. The U.S. is not attached to Vietnam. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. So when we left, we just went back to our country. When they leave U- Ukraine's border with Russia, is not exactly. I mean, it for hundreds of years it's been non-existent. Yeah, but it doesn't. Khrushchev was from Ukraine. It doesn't matter in that like language changes, things change, and we move on, and like and it's not like there was any sort of like. Uh, aggressive move from ukraine saying fuck you russia we're we're gone like the, the, what do you mean uh they well actually i don't i don't know all no, the there, are, there are there are there are disputed territories what i'm saying is there's disputed territories and in order to have this war end ukraine has to push russia out and and what will almost and, you know, happened, I guess, this morning to some degree, and maybe it wasn't uh, Ukraine's, Ukrainians, but somebody uh, attacked uh, Russia in Russia this morning. Or, yeah, I think it was this morning or yesterday. Did you hear about that? I, I did not. I did not. So so the territory, it's not it's not quite as easy as you know, us leaving um, Vietnam. Yeah, but on a helicopter. I, but I also feel like this could have all been avoided had russia not invaded right so you're saying what was the problem is that russia invaded and if russia hadn't invaded invaded that the invasion would not have happened uh well i mean that yes i mean yeah but but okay that's your that's your analysis no no i think that's really accurate I'm sorry. That's not I think accurate? That's accurate. No, that's totally accurate. It's totally accurate. If, if the invasion had not happened, then it would not have right, happened. Right. Right. Because, like, I, I think that you can you can criticize like the U.S. for interfering in Vietnam, and you can also, and like you said, Russia has a, a much longer history with with Ukraine. But um, I, I just find in either case. There's not a lot of precedence, or there's not a lot of um, logic behind taking it over, taking uh, either offense, you know. Um, well, okay, so uh, no, I don't. I mean, I I don't think there's any. The, the thing is, is that the reason that um, that Putin invaded Ukraine is that he was afraid for two reasons. He was afraid that ukraine was going to join nato he felt that he was being surrounded by people who he saw as his enemies and he thought he could win over um the country of ukraine and invade it and take it over in in like four months right i mean that that is a speculative um outlook we don't know his true motivations like i mean that that makes sense that's what he said in terms of his motivations that's that's not not that he could win, but he stated all those things. He felt like, and he, and he justified them by saying, yeah, that but the people, the Russian people were in Ukraine, just sure. like the same same motivations that that Ger- Germany used in World War Two. Yeah, like, yeah. there there are Rus- there are German people in no, Czechoslovakia. I, it's not it's not rational. Like I don't I no, don't think I don't war think. is not rational. 
Good um, God, yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it is a really complicated thing, and I just, I, I work with people who live in Ukraine or, or who are Ukrainian who oh, no really? longer live in, yeah, and it's like, and it's really, uh, it, it's difficult because. Like, like one of them was just like, don't ever ask me about this. And yeah, and I'm like, all right, I get it. But yeah. like, and, and it's just like really hard. Like, I don't understand. And also at my last job, I had like, I worked with a bunch of Russian people and, mm-hmm. and I really liked them. And mm-hmm. I know they're not the ones who are, who are behind this. And, it, but I just, I, I, I have no perspective of like what it's like to be, you know, one of my coworkers, like her entire family's in Ukraine, and and she moved to the U.S. Um, I, I just, I, I'm. She told me not to ask, so I don't. You know, yeah. And, and it's yeah. so uh, hard and, and difficult. And then, um, I, I know someone who lives in Poland, and like, uh, I guess you know they they border um, Ukraine, and like mm-hmm. you know housing is like crazy there right now because there's so many and rightfully so there are a bunch of refugees in uh, uh ukrainian refugees in poland and mm-hmm. and they're moving them into empty housing and all this stuff and it's like it's obviously the the right thing to do but it still is hard for everybody and including the refugees and including the people who live there and uh the, the people who own these these buildings and I just, uh, it's a world that I don't, I, I, I don't understand. And I've lived in, we've both lived in the sheltered life where we've never experienced anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so when you say, what's your favorite part of the war in Ukraine? I get it. It's, it is like this weird thing because it feels so abstract. Uh, and I just very, very peripherally, I, I get little glimpses of it and i still have no idea and how how horrible it is um and it, yeah it's a well i mean war has happened uh, in every, all over the world ever since you know it's never ended yeah yeah so um anyway. I, I i retract my question no no it, it actually it, it is it is funny because we do feel so distanced from it and it, yeah. it feels so weird. And, um, and I, and like I said, said, I, I only hear it like peripherally. So can I make a little pitch? Yeah, please. Yeah. So, uh, this company I, I do freelance work for is called international medical Corps, and they've been, uh, in Ukraine for, uh, since 2014. What, what? Oh, and uh, and Marty hates them, and he gave him the finger. Um, and um, so, uh, to, and 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 they do really good work. They they support um, uh, uh, the Ukrainian people uh, in getting them uh, food and uh, hygiene kits and uh, supplying their their basic needs, as well as uh, setting up uh, clinics. Um, uh, there's a lot of hospitals that was destroyed by the invasion, so they've. They uh, brought in and built these these hospitals, and they're taking care of people. And if you uh, look them up on uh, Instagram, you see my work, uh, International Medical Corps, 
uh, and Core is spelled C O R P S. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them on uh, Instagram, and uh, and they do great work. So check out um, International Medical Corps. So uh, the, our next topic here, to completely change topics, is uh, indiv- in invisibility. Indivisibility, indivisibility versus flight, or invisibility versus well, flight. this is this came up because I, I was in Quincy, Ma, and yeah. um, they were playing an old This American Life um, yeah. that was host that they had John Hodgman on, and mm-hmm. uh, did you know John Hodgman? Did I know him? No. Did you? No, no, no. Wasn't he was he, uh, he was younger than us. Was uh, was he a Yaley? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, he was like class of 92 or 93. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, he was interviewing people. uh, And, and, you know, he has uh, a very successful podcast. I wonder what that's like. Very successful podcast, but uh, called uh, Judge John Hodgman. And in in successful in the sense of what? Like it's people like it or people listen to it or I mean, you have a successful podcast. It's been going on for over a decade that doesn't mean it's successful like oh yeah how do you define the success marty why don't you just change your definition of success wait i didn't change it like he makes money from it oh you all oh, that's why don't you why don't you define your success as actually being able to get it on the air which you know wait what do you mean easy. get it on the air like i'm get i'm it, as much on the air as john hodgman he just makes right. money yeah, so you see, so you're just caring too Wait, much about the wrong thing. I, no, I don't think I am. You, I think I think totally I think you're, you're focusing on like you're not listening. To... No, I'm not. No, oh, you're finally getting it. You're finally getting it. You're finally getting it. You don't listen till you you find the nugget that you can poke at. Yes. And you poke, 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 poke. Yes. Uh, so he um. He was on This American Life, you know, 20 years ago. And it was so yeah. funny because he sounds completely different. He does? It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh. But but he's talking about um, the difference. But Jesus Christ. Hold on. Let me see if I can. What's wrong, Marty? Uh, there's noise. There's noise coming. It's from me. It's from me. I, I... Something rattling inside Marty's head that's yeah. bothering him. But um, he... Uh, was talking about uh, invisibility versus um, flight. As a superpower. As a superpower. It, it's a classic, classic conundrum. Yes. Um, discussion of like, uh, would you rather or whatever. Uh, so uh, his, what, he, uh, what would you like to do? Would you rather fly? What would I like to do? Yeah. Would you rather fly <clears throat> well, or be invisible? I would, uh, I would much rather fly, I think. You think. I also, I also think. See, the thing is, is that if you want to fly, it's supposedly uh, th- there's a the secret is, is if you if you want invisibility, there's something um, psychologically about you that's that's less uh, appealing to me well, to be. Even though I'd like to be uh, probably like, but I, no, I I think flying is awesome. I want to fly. I've always wanted. Yeah, I dream about flying. Let's not think about the psychological bullsh- perception of what. We yeah, yeah, choose. yeah. I I, I want to fly. Yeah, I, I've I never, I've never had a dream of being invisible. I've had dreams of being too visible. 
like I was naked <sighs> a lot. Okay. I don't know why you have to bring that to the podcast. I, I know you, you... Am I the only one? Well... No. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Okay, I'm just... Look at... As far as you can see, I have a shirt on, okay? Yeah. But you don't know that I don't have pants on, even though I don't no, have pants don't. on. But I can you, see your bare, hairy chest right now. I just noticed that I have a strange chest hair formation. I just just noticed that today. Um, now I wish you were invisible. Uh, yeah, look, let's take a look at it. It's just it's going on one side. No, and, look at you don't, like. I, I've been watching it the whole time. I can see the weirdness of it. Odd. Uh, but flight mm. is about freedom. It, it's about um, just it's about do, flight, man. Yeah, it's about flight and, and invisibility is just creepy. There's nothing. If you're going to take advantage of being invisible, it, it can only be creepy. Wait a minute. Let's 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 unpack that. Are Please. you sure? Uh, no, I'm is not it... sure. I'm not sure. Let's think about things. What what could you do if you're invisible that would not be creepy? Um, I could jack off on your. I head can't right think now. of anything. What? I could jack off on your head right now, and you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Do you not like ejaculate? Or is no? You wouldn't know like it was invisible? me. I would know it was you because you it's cold. You wouldn't know it was me. I would just feel something really hot and then instantly cold hit my no, head. No, no. Isn't it weird how mine cum comes just out gets really cold? Mine comes out like bracingly cold. So. <laughs> It's it's weird. Look at don't oh, make, do not judge me. Hot. Do not judge me. Do not make fun of me. That is cruel and unusual. Okay, I'm sorry. That is uh, there's nothing wrong with the way that. Thank you. you, thank you. Jesus, it comes out wow. like a it comes out like a um like a, a, a like a ice cubes. Dairy, very, no, no, dairy, very intense. No, Dairy Queen. It's like Dairy Queen. It goes and it makes the same noise. Yeah. And it's ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> and it looks I'm, really cool. I've though. impregnated so many women. It's so crazy. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> oh, I feel it. I feel it. Um. So anyhow, that's why I wouldn't be invisible. Uh, but I would say that <laughs> you should be in porn for that. I wanted to extend the this this sort of uh, superpower. Um, question quandary to my one of my favorite like uh, um, comic books of all time, which is Legion of Superheroes, which takes place in the thirty first at the thirtieth and thirty first century, and yeah. for some reason, I, I guess it started in the late fifties, but I loved this this thing because it just seems like. You know, they had Cosmic Kid and Lightning. Yeah, what was his deal? He was Co oh, Cosmic Boy. I'm sorry, Cosmic Boy. Um, I actually don't know what 
was he right? Magnetic? No, right. He didn't know, right? There was Erg. Yeah, he, he 10, had thousand who just shot energy out of himself. Yeah. Oh no. And then there was, it was like Electric like, Man. It's like Magneto. No, Elastic Man was not. No, was, Electric Electric Man. There was, was uh, no no Lightning, lightning Boy. Lightning, lightning. No, Lightning Lad. Oh God Almighty! And they it, were all like teenagers, and they all had these well, like diminutive but, names. But Lightning Lad's brother was named Lightning Lord, and he had white hair. And, That's a little weird. Yeah. And but then there was um, Erg, who was just energy, and that was. And I always felt sort of bad for him. And then there was. Um, oh God! We had Brainiac Five. Oh, Brainiac Five! Right? It was Brainiac Seven. No, Brainiac Five. It was Brainiac, Brainiac 5. Five, and he was green, but he was wicked smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that was. And but you also had Bouncing Boy, who was just like slightly pudgy and could bounce. Yeah, that was weird. And, and then you had Matter Eating Lad, who could eat anything. No. Yeah, Matter Eating Lad would just eat eat stuff. He would just like, I'm stuck in prison. I'm free. And then you had. I just remember, and they they all just hang out together and have like these sort of social problems rather yeah, yeah. than actually fighting crime. Yeah. And you had there would Lightning. be like, we're going to have a dance tonight. What should we do? Oh, Erg 7000 just yeah. blew up the world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bouncy oh, boy. White Witch can change reality, but she's going to put on a disco, you know, light show, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And there were like no girls. There were like two girls no. or something. Uh, you had White Witch and you had... Um, uh, the other one. Well, clearly you know who I favored, you know. <laughs> Who? White White Witch. I just said it like seventeen oh, I'm times. Um, why Why I don't get it. So Cosmic Kid, right? Cosmic Lad, co Cosmic Cosmic. He boy. really was just like, what the hell was his deal? Cosmic he was boy, just Lightning there. Lad, Saturn Girl, like it, Saturn Girl. Yeah. What was her deal? She was just a chick. She was just like girl. Yeah, yeah. and you had Princess Projectra. <laughs> Did she like? Was she just make movies or uh, was? Yeah. She... Yeah, she she could do movies. What? Uh, no, that's so. No. Who? Like, like these are the like. These are. The, I feel like like back in the sixties, like these DC guys were just getting stoned and being like, "What would be cool? You know what? I'm I've got the munchies. Oh, that could be a super power. I'm gonna be matter eating lad. Right." There was a uh, there was I I didn't read it very much, but when I did, I, I there was this quality it. of loved it. There so many of them, and they were all sort of standing around, and then one of them would do something, and the other one would watch, and then somebody would do something, and uh, and it was there were you know it it there there were there were like twelve of them, yeah. and they all and they all sort of it all felt felt very much like uh, Andy Hardy and. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're gonna put on a show. We're gonna yeah. stop. We're gonna stop Darkseed from you know. Uh, yeah. Monel was, um, I think he was a Kryptonian, but for some reason he was not a Superboy. Um, uh, oh yeah, and Super Superboy was part of it too. Yeah, and he had Triplicate Girl. Um, Jesus Christ, yeah. that's so stupid. Like it was like it was a crazy thing, and I for whatever reason I loved it. I loved it so much. You know why you loved it? Because you have terrible taste. So here's the question: Would you? You're not wrong. This, You're not wrong. You've established that we you don't want to be invisible, but we, would you like to have invisibility or have uh, the ability to shoot power bolts out of your eyes or your fingers? You have a choice, or both. But. You can shoot power bolts out of your butt. 
Okay. Done. Done. I did it. Boom. Okay. And then you can fly that way. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah. I went. Or I you win. can shoot power bolts out of your penis. No, no. My, my penis no. don't do that. Okay. <sighs> so sad. So sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it, it was a weird... It was a incredibly weird comic series, and, and yes, and I, I don't know if it was it was part of the time of coming out of the sixties, uh, or I don't know. Uh, no, it really. I think they were all reprints when they were coming out. I think they they all felt like they were um, just the whole style was very uh, throwback. The people were very small. I just think it was all just like let's reissue this. That's what I think. Well, I, it, just today. Rom the Space Knight was announced that that it is coming back. They're they're reprinting all like six six years of of Rom the Space Knight, which was like a, a, an old Mattel toy, and mm-hmm. I, I never liked it. But anyhow, mm-hmm. they're reprinting it um, uh, because I guess there was a legal uh, uh, a legal dispute over who owned Rom the Space Knight, but it's coming back. Uh, I would love to see the Micronauts. Did, did you oh, know? the Micronauts is great. I the, love the Micronauts. Why was the Micronauts so good? Great. The first so, 12 issues was like best written comic book ever. And then Michael Golden, his art was so weird. Can you explain cool. Micronauts to, to those uh, younger people? who? Have... Well, Micronauts, Micronauts were these toys that were just like uh, figures, but they were silvery. And that was, it, it, they were okay. I mean, they had all these little things and there was it was total uh they were like these um they were like these robots and then there was a bad guy tiny superheroes right they were tiny superheroes and they had powers one of them had like wings and stuff and then um and then there was a bad guy named baron karza who looked exactly like uh darth vader so it was completely derivative right and and it felt like oh that's stupid and then uh marvel comics came out with a comic book about them that was so fucking good why was it so good it was, it was just like really well written because it was, it was like it was integrated into the real world yeah and and yet they they were like these tiny mic micro they came out of the micro the micro Verse. universe or whatever Microverse. and uh baron cars uh, had taken over and it's very there's political they had a, oh they had a whole like script that that you could uh, i mean a, a writing system that you could read but, um and but the, it, it, it was, was a great world and it was killed by rights, wasn't it? I, I don't know. It was like, I, I don't. I don't I know. No I don't know idea. what happened. Uh, well, it only lasted for uh, a couple years, and the first twelve issues I thought were great, and then it's sort of and because it had like a saga where they were trying to defeat Baron Karza, and there were, Baron Karza could also be a, a centaur, and then there was a. It but was it was just, also like it, there were there was a good array of characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a strong, uh, there was a strong woman character who had a gigantic butt, which is the way comic books were. Oh, I thought then. she had gigantic boobs, but anyhow, whatever. Well, both. You know, we we focus on different things. Yeah. Um, John likes big butts, and he cannot lie. No, that's right, and also big words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it, that was amazing. So this leads me to to my next question of like, is there a childhood book? that you yeah. wish had been turned into a movie. And, yeah, it, I, and it's weird I've, because I feel like 
I'm so not interested in movies just for whatever reason. Like it just, uh, I, I feel like we're at a, a nadir in, in movie enthusiasm. Well, what do you think about TV shows? I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube. It's like so sad. Oh, really? Yeah. I just started watching Silo. Oh, yeah, is... yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love. Uh, oh, yeah. you, you watch that? I, I watched the yeah. first episode. It's great. Yeah, Hugh Howery, uh, it's, a, it's one of the first um, self-publishing um, success stories. He, yeah, Wool. I think it was called Wool. Wool. And then Dust, and these are all part of the Silo stories. And very good, very good. And now it's turned into an excellent series. I've been enjoying the fuck out of it. So and The thing about novels is they really lend themselves to the new streaming format more than movies. To make a novel into a movie, you have to cut out a lot of stuff. And that's all me trying to... Because you asked this question, I, I thought about this question for like three hours, and I haven't come up with anything. Uh, so... Oh, except... Oh, I have, I have one. Okay, well, let me just talk about wool, just, just to keep people waiting. Uh, you know, <laughs> wool is, is was such a fun uh, series, and it was just like... It, 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 there was something organic about it, and... And it was just like really thoughtful and, and um, Ridley Scott's company optioned it like 12 years ago or so. And it just took forever for it to get developed. And, mm. and um, Hugh Howey was like a, he was like a ship. He, he was like a ship captain or something like that. You know, he like, really? like he, he was like a, a yachter. Um, I could oh. be talking about me at my ass. Um, call me on it people. Um, but I just, I love that whole series. I thought it was like really thoughtful and interesting and um and I it did kind of run out of steam at at a certain point, but but I I'm really Oh yeah, the the book series? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I stopped like after two and a half books. I was just like I stopped caring. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't know why. You know, I I think that there's a there's a lot to be gained from ending a series, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I was like I got to a point where I was like, come on, find out what's going on already. Yeah, and once you find out what's going on, and which is great, like just end it, like just yeah, and, and move on to the next. Uh, do right, yeah. So, uh, but anyhow, what what what? Um, well, the thing that came to mind, I don't even yeah. know if it's been made into a movie, but the thing that I always wanted was not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Okay, so these are the vermicious canids that yeah. come out, and um, and I, I found them terrifying as a kid. Yeah, well, they were hilarious as well. I don't remember them being and... hilarious. I just remember being like so scared of them. So this is when he goes into space? I, I forget. Yeah, the great glass elevator at the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the glass elevator just shoots off into space and goes up into space and goes to a space hotel which is filled with all kinds of really snooty people. But no black verm- people. No. And the vermicious canids are attacking, and they're like these blobs that are just mean. I don't even remember what happens, but it's just crazy. It just makes it makes Charlie and the Chocolate Factory look like um, a staid novel by, you know, one of the Bronte sisters. Well, I, I think that's one thing that people don't know about. Well, I think I'll, maybe a, a fair number of people know about Roald Dahl, but... Uh, like he, he he was one of the most imaginative writers uh, of 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 the the twentieth century, like yes. Um, 
my uncle Oswald. Did you ever read that? I I don't know. I I might have. I I read okay. a lot of his book. I don't think I did though. So maybe. this was a a book about um, uh, there there's a basically it's about a, a sort of uh, misanthrope who hooks up with a really gorgeous woman. And what they do is they they find um, this blister beetle, which is like the most potent uh, aphrodisiac in the world. Um, and basically, you, you grind it up and whatever, like you, you dust it on the, the head of a pin and whatever is on the head of the pin is the dosage that you put. Um, uh, and they... Um, they go on to seduce the geniuses of the early early twentieth century to uh, to gather their sperm to sell it to to you know as as like a business uh, as their business and so one of the 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 hardest ones they have to do is George Bernard Shaw because he's gay <laughs> and the, the the hot lady is like trying to. No. It didn't happen. It did. It did. Look it up. Read it. Read it. It's my (laughs) uncle Oswald. It's so. It's really funny. It's really really funny, and it's like so crazy and weird and like like all right, all right, cool. Roald Dahl and 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 Ian Fleming were really good friends, and Roald Dahl was involved with the Secret Service. Yes, and (laughs) and he was a um, um, a noted anti semite, right? Oh yeah, all British people were. Um, uh, except for the Jewish ones. Yeah. Israeli. Um, even Israeli hated the Jews. Uh, the um, Anyhow, yeah. I, I highly recommend that book. Um, I just, I remember reading it in like seventh grade and being like, oh my God, you can like write about this stuff and like yeah. have it be so joyous and entertaining and ridiculous. Um uh, the one book I read when I was a kid was Paul Gallico was um, he was a writer who did who wrote uh, the Poseidon Adventure, uh-huh. and you know it's he was prone to uh, like high drama I guess, uh, and this was a uh, he wrote a book called The Boy Who Invented the Bubble Gun. And mm-hmm. it was a really lovely book in the early 70s. And it's about a boy who invents a toy. And then he, um, he, his, nobody believes that he, it's worth anything. And so he decides to, to um, go on a bus t- to uh, Washington, D.C. to patent it. And on the way, oh. he meets a drifter. And I just, I just love that book. And it's like not in retrospect, it's not a great book, but Mm -hmm. I just love that there, there are books out there. And it makes me think of like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, like, which Mm -hmm. is a great, that, that is a very historic book. And, um, but it does stand the, the test of time. And I, I was actually really impressed how good that. You went and saw it. I did. I did. Yeah. I hear it's very, very good. Did I did I tell you that I saw it? I think you did. Yeah. I think you were gonna go see it. I think I'm not sure if yeah. you told. I um, think you were gonna go see it. Yeah, and and uh, I, the one thing I, I was at the we we my wife and I stopped to get a drink beforehand, and 
and uh, it was a sports bar like a block from the theater mm -hmm. and uh this like totally buff bartender is like hey what's going on like what's up for for you tonight oh we're going to go see a movie oh what movie uh what I mean, my wife really wants to see, are you, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. You know, like she read it as a kid and, you know. It, and he went, he said, oh my God, it's so good. Did, no, no, did you, he, he's just like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then like. Did cut, he say, I really liked wifey. Cut to 110 minutes later and like tears are running down my face. And, and my wife is like, are you crying? <laughs> and she's and like, no, I'm not crying. Shut up. You're dumb. I'm thinking about wifey, page 132. Yeah, uh, like the uh, yeah. the uh, um, the world. Uh, uh, I was just thinking. I really was a big fan of Larry Niven's uh, known Earth, Ring World, uh, known known worlds, it was known space. It was called known space. And that's it. Ring World was was the big epic. Yeah. But the uh, Pearson's puppeteers with these three legged. I um, I so want to shove your face into a toilet, but anyhow. Please Why? Continue. Because I'm so nerdy? No, no, no. Just because I, I because don't, because it's I, I a don't sexual like, thing. I don't like hearing you talk. <laughs> well, all right, it's fair. I mean, it's it's uh, it's <laughs> the thing about those those books is that the stories themselves sort of suck, Wait, but the world is really good. It's 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 there's a lot my, of uh, my old science dad fiction. loved those books. Like, well, yeah, they they were they were um, they're very of there i mean do you ever read any neil stevenson i've like read all of neil stevenson's books and i, I hate them all i read ne necronomicon and it's just like, fucking ideas it's, it's just a, ideas it's just ideas exactly not, who gives a fuck about people the people well, that, who cares well and and there's sometimes when that's interesting uh, for but, a little bit but not for like but not for 700 novels. 1800 yeah 800 pages like no. never come again. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? You put an appendix about like playing card cryptography. Fuck you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I've I've hate read almost all of his books. Yeah, <laughs> but because they're, I mean, I'm right. I am on the last episode of Alice in Borderland, which is a, a Japanese uh, yeah. show that I think that. Um, that that neil stevenson would like because there is like this weird game theory part of it and i'm like this is the most interesting part but i've had to sit through five hours to get to this five minute discussion and i i just i yeah so but i'm in you know yeah so i i totally understand like it's one thing to have a good idea mm -hmm. and it's another thing to tell a story Mm -hmm. And uh, I it, the perfect the perfect thing is like to to be able to tell a story with a good idea, and and it's yeah. hard. It's very very hard. And and I'm not yeah. Obviously we we have not succeeded at that either. Uh, well, you have. I have. In what way? Well, because you you wrote a, a yeah you wrote a couple novels about like a big idea with a good story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the ideas are. Well, are you not... can't say that you had a good story. You can say thank you. But... Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Emily St. John Mandel. 
wrote uh, writes a bunch of good books that have Station Eleven was one of them. Oh yeah. She, and um, what else did she write? I'm looking her up. Like well, I read, I read. She had a bunch another of her books. novel after that um, that just came she out last a, year. Yeah, uh, I think. Oh yeah, it was the the. I I, I don't read, but. Um... Uh, let me let me see if I can. Uh, Emily saying, "Oh yeah, it's really good." The Glass Hotel, um, Sea of Tranquility. Uh, so both of those are great. I just fell asleep while you, you mentioned those words. But... Okay, I don't blame you at all. She's disturbed. You know, you know who else is fantastic? And I, I so I, I went to my uh, is uh, Amor Tolls. This this motherfucker. Wait, what? he wrote Amor Tolls. That's not a. You're just like saying syllables yeah yeah i totally agree that's not only that's that's one of the problems with this motherfucker the other one is that he went to school with me and he became a fucking hedge fund guy and made millions and then he became a really good novelist but he looks really old does he yeah so Amar how did you how did you, how did you, how did you look him up when all i mean based on those random syllables you could spell his name no I mean, it does, it's, no it's look at this is way. this is the the glory of of autocomplete you know uh so he's written a bunch of novels including the bull the girl from the metropole hotel the lincoln highway rules of civility a gentleman in moscow uh, but there uh, it's so funny it's always like i'm just looking at uh the the uh, amazon thing it's like uh the lincoln highway a novel Rules of Civility, a novel. A Gentleman in Moscow, a novel. You know what? Don't be so pretentious. Just, you know what? I'm not going to read your fucking book. Fuck you. Fuck you. What is pretentious about calling it a novel? He, because he put a colon in it. Don't put a colon in your novel oh, he, title. He, that's the title is A Gentleman in Moscow, a novel? Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Not really. I'm, not really i'm sure no so have you read his books yes they're great all right <sighs> yeah he, the link link yeah they're great it's fucking great why are they so good just well written uh and um really interesting plots great characters all the good stuff just they're just good uh-huh well, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. No, you just said it, they're good. That's all you said is they're good. But like, well, okay. So this is what I think is good, right? You have ideas, and then you have observations about humanity, and you have great turns of phrase, and you have characters that are believable and yet memorable and yet weird, and then you have things that happen that are unexpected and yet inevitable, and you are interested in the story as it moves along, right? How dare That's, you? How, dare you, all those how dare you answer my question, like, completely? Uh, yes. Um, I, re- I, re- I read Salman Rushdie's... Um, Satanic Verses. No, Kisat. It's his newer, newer one. It's based on... Um, that was really fun. I was really surprised. I, um, I find him, I, I've only read uh, one of his books, but I, I found it like really witty and fun. Like, yeah. 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 I was, I was, I thought he was uh, self important and portentous because he was hunted down by religious freaks. Whatever. But like, I then just, I read the book and books I was like, oh, are dumb. Fun. Everybody, books are dumb. Just watch YouTube. 
<laughs> Looks very dumb. Oh, speaking of YouTube and dumb things, so my son's whose name my son sent me. He's uh, so a, dumb. Your son is so dumb. Go on. Well, that was the thing. He's not, but he so, sent me something that said dummy. this is thoughtful. And he what he sent me was a video um by a uh, a commentator who I don't know his name. And the the commentator, the dummy video commentator dumb. was was commenting on another uh, blogger, vlogger. So he, there was somebody was showing a video of somebody talking about the writer strike, right? And then uh, the the guy who's showing the video was also making a video in which he was commenting on the video. The guy from the original video was saying stuff that was so fucking dumb about the writer strike, as if he knew what he was talking about. Okay, let's like. Uh... Let's divorce ourselves from the medium. And what about the arguments? What about the arguments that, that he said? That he said, yeah. What was so dumb about what he said? Oh, well, he said, yeah, back when we had the writer's strike before, what happened was uh, some shows stopped production. Other shows continued without any writers, and they weren't very good. And and then he talks for about 20 minutes, and I've heard other people talking about this, about how the writer's strike destroyed heroes because they couldn't get the writers in to write it. And and that's not, that's just, it, there's so many things that are wrong with that. It's just what, like factually what, incorrect. Like, yeah, I, and I agree with you, but like, what is wrong? Like, cause, cause What's I, wrong is, is when you have a strike and you have signatories to a strike, not it's you don't just go well we have to keep on going without writers you have to stop so production stopped it wasn't like they said we'll we'll write do bad stuff but they there just were, stopped there were late night shows who who did shows like conan did a show without writers how many uh not not very many no but oh, but he did he, but he did do some shows like where he was like oh i'm going to get jordan slansky on on here because like I, I need to fill this thing because I'm contractually obligated to do this. Whether, uh, I mean, it's a question of like, as a performer, as a writer, uh, and, but he did not employ writers to, to do stuff, but he's an amazing writer, obviously. But, um, but they, none of the late night shows are doing that now. Um, and it's, a, well, he wasn't talking about the late night shows. He was talking about things like, Family Guy, and, right, and right, know, he was just fair. showing all these things that was it would just not have happened. Uh, it's, and then the thing about Heroes, I I just heard somebody else talking about it, like remember the show Heroes? Oh yeah, yeah. I and it it, it, it got me. It, it 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 yeah. The 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 um the show was screwed over by the writer strike because production was halted halfway through, and they they had two um, truncated seasons. That were that were sort of interrupted, and so and then then when they came back, they didn't stick the landing. And people think that's because somehow it has something to do with the writer strike. It does in the sense that it stuck, it stopped production, but it's not like they they didn't have the idea to stick the landing anyway. That's why it didn't stick the landing. Well, uh, I'm so interested in a writer's perspective. So I'm going to try to get a writer next week. John, I know you're going to be out next week. Um, but I'm so interested because it, it's a very different landscape now than the, it was during the last strike. Uh, yeah. And um, 
it's going to affect us all in the long run. Um, the just so people know, like in the days of of Friends and Seinfeld, you had a writers' room full of like twenty writers or whatever, fifteen writers, uh, all just like pitching shit around, um, and then now there are these shrunken writers' rooms and uh, shorter seasons. Um, less money, and I'm not sure if that's the the worst thing in the world, but it's not great for that that type of comedy or that type of of of, of showmaking. Uh, but it's changing, right? Uh, the one thing that's hard is that when you look on YouTube, you know, uh, someone like Mr. Beast gets more views just from like um whatever like handing out chocolate on the street uh than anybody does on a, a any network sitcom so it's like like i don't feel like writers have a ton of leverage right so that is my that is my big question is like what what leverage do writers have and yeah. of course i love writers and and it's something uh, you and I are both writers. We, we've done that um, our entire adult lives. Um, but it's like a, it's a weird situation now, a and I don't, I don't want to keep something alive just because we like it. It has to, it, it, if it's a question of money, it has to be profitable, right? Yeah, I mean they they they, they need to find a way, and they will. Um find a way to uh, work it out. Um, it's just that, like you said, the writers are not in the position, doesn't seem like they have any leverage at all because of a whole bunch of things. Number, the, first of all, you, like you said, the, you've got YouTube. Second of all, 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 I mean, in the past 10 years, my students have no problem. My students who are 19 and 20, have absolutely no problem with subtitles. Ten years ago, no American would watch anything with subtitles. Right, and now ever if you, if you go on YouTube, I mean, on Netflix, and you're like, "Wait, how did that show reach the top five? How did that Spanish, like you know, uh, caper show reach the top yeah. five? And yeah. and and there's a part of me that's like so excited because it's internationalizing um, yeah. uh, the medium. But the other thing is like, oh shit! You know, these are my friends. Yep. You know. Yep, exactly. Is and and so the, the you know, the, there's no, there's no writer strike in Korea. There's no writer strike in okay. in Spain. There's I've no writer strike in Denmark. I've watched more Korean shows and Japanese shows and Spanish shows than I have English shows in the past six months. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's I mean that's there's no leverage there and and. They have been known that this writer's strike was coming for a long time. They've stockpiled a lot of shit. And sort of more um, uh, frighteningly, the, um, you know, the, uh, what's it called? AI, if they, if they, if the writers had said, we don't want AI involved a year ago, no. I think they would have been okay. No. And no, then, AI, now it's like. AI is the thing. It's like you, you, you can't escape it. And either you embrace it, uh, like, 
like uh, Sean Payne Penn came out like this week saying like, oh, this is like evil and it's like the it's not the producers. He's, he's so weirdly simplistic. Yeah. That guy. I mean, and, and, and it's so, it, it, yeah, you're not really thinking in any meaningful way, but because like, he's like, Oh, it's not like th these aren't producers. They're bankers. Duh. Like, you know, producers that are is producers. A funny thing to say. Yeah. Producers are producers because they want to make money. Not because they're writers or directors. If they were writers or directors, they'd be writers or directors, you know? Yeah. Well, some, some producers are were used to be writers and directors. Yeah, so but there whatever. Is, there is... Then they're like, oh, look, I, can, I don't have to, like, write so much. I can just use AI or hire somebody. You know, like, you're, you farm shit out. Like, and and yeah. maybe, maybe they have um, good sensibilities that, to, to make that happen in a, yeah. in a worthwhile. Anyhow. I, I, I just don't think that you can stop um who who is it that, that did the, the tunnels um the tunnel versus the machine, John Brown or um, Oh, John Henry. John Henry. John Henry. Like that's where we are, you know, it's like yeah, you can fight against the machine and uh, but it's not worth it. It's not a worthwhile fight. You can you can leverage that and make your life easier and just figure out like everybody needs to learn how to use AI, you know, like I have tried to learn AI, uh, not because it's going to make my job easier because I, well, maybe it will, but I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to know how to use it so I can like, do you see your job? What any of your jobs being supplanted by AI? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, well, so I, I'm a professor. I think that that's the last thing that's going to be, um, supplanted, uh, oh, by hey, AI. Hey. Yeah, no, no, you're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's not, I can see that, it, I mean, the thing is, if people, I think that, uh, I think that if people were open to it, um, AI could completely transform education um in a, in a, in a good very way. really a really good way, way but i don't think yeah. people are really going to be open to that and it's going to take a lot of thought um because it, you could have really powerful personalized um uh uh interactive uh programs for for everybody um so but i i just i just think that's going to take a a little while and there's a lot of strong unions and a lot of pushback on that so that's one thing but I, yes i think that that could be replaced i think that i mean i i work at um a uh, uh i'm i said it before but i'll not say it now i work at a satellite company um so i feel like i'm working at a buggy whip company right now so i think that that's not going to uh what's, what's a buggy whip company a buggy whip company is you know a company that makes buggy whips like it's not, it doesn't really have a sustainable, like, ah, life business model. Yeah. I just, yeah. So I, I think that there are satellites and they're useful, but I think that as a content company, um, you know, uh, anyway, I don't want to say any more about that, but I, I don't think that that's even What's an issue. the name of the company? And I'm can you name, can you, no. can you name the, name the, executives, the executives, the executives who are, who, who are in charge of this, this obsolescence? 
Um, no, please going forward. Please, please go ahead. I think no, I can't. Let's let's just pretend I can't. Uh, then the other thing try, I do try, try, I, try, is try. I make videos. Oh, I make videos for of, nonprofit of, of you making pancakes in the nude. Uh, not as far as you know, and and so the, this is social media stuff. And here and and uh, so I don't think I'm going to be. I I think that it's going to be really easy for people to make uh, video messaging. So I think maybe I'll be replaced in a couple of years with that. I think that people will be able to sort of describe the message that they want, input some images and have, and I think they'll be able to edit stuff together pretty quickly. Yeah, but nobody's going to be able to uh, make pancakes in the nude the way you do streaming live. Everybody go to YouTube. I think I, I think I'm going to be replaced by a facsimile of my of my I'm nude self. I'm helping you out here, John. With freckles in the same John, place. I'm trying to help you. I'm just telling you. I just it's the inevitable. I think Jesus. we're all going to have to have universal basic income because all the computer, every all the jobs are going to be gone. You know what? You know what my my mother told me to do when I was a kid, and uh, and I think I talked about this, and I I told you my son this: be a plumber. That is the job. Be a plumber. That's uh, not going to be replaced for a long time because you know plumbers don't go in and they they solve problems that nobody thought was going to happen. And they replace and, things that are yeah, and nobody wants to solve. Yeah, exactly. And they're all individual, but they're all very simple. And uh, who? What's the name of your plumber? Uh, I crack. I don't know. Really? Right. No, I don't. Ha I don't have a plumber that I, I see often enough. Oh. I try and fix my own plumbing. What was the last plumbing thing you fixed? You know the uh, garbage disposal uh, gets clogged uh, every about once a year. So you just move go some... under the sink. You that's not fixing something. That's just like that's like cleaning. It's broken, and then I fix it. You mother fuck! Are you gonna take <laughs> that away from me? Because the only only piece of worth that I have in my life, and you don't. That's it. That's it. That's it? That's you didn't it. fix it. You just move some you shit don't around. Do anything. Shut the fuck you up. You don't know. I mean, you don't know. Fucking podcast is over. I'm not coming back next week. Oh my god. See don't. You, next don't you know what? You're not invited next week. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not going to even fucking come next week. All right. Um. And scene. Uh, John. Uh. This was a really good episode. What yeah, you... I I liked it too. I wonder if anybody else did. Hey, if you're out there and you're actually listening at this point, send us an email and say I liked it too, or meh. Yeah, and you send me a. Everybody sent an email that says meh. Yeah. Oh, if I had a nickel for every meh I got, yeah, I would have like I have like fifteen cents. Twenty. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't account for my mother in that equation. So. Uh, meh. 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 Uh, so, everybody, thank you so much for listening in for this week. Uh, remember remember the, 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 the homework for two weeks from now is everybody has to watch Orca. No, no, nobody has to watch Orca <laughs> unless you want to. Unless you want to. You know you want to. Um, I want to hear about uh, the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I want to know I about your favorite uh, Legion of the Superheroes 
superpower. And Berg. It, it, beyond matter, either lad or bouncing boy. Um, and take away the best ones, why don't you? What, what did Saturn Girl do? She just was. It, we'll never know. We'll she never, was pretty. never know. They were all she had pretty. the white costume, right? No, White Witch had the white costume. Oh, Saturn Girl was yellow and uh, red. Uh, well, I don't know. And really, honestly, God, Cosmic Kid, what the hell did he do? I know. He just had like he had a he had a headband and and and, and beautiful hair and rings rings coming out of his hands. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. rings! That's right. He could shoot rings out of his hands, but I... they were kind of gentle. <laughs> I'm just giving you a, a mild massage of oh, Magneto. No, no, don't worry about it. I've got this. Magneto is a totally different company. Was there a Magneto? No, no, or, no, no. But, but, boy? but, but um, Cosmic Boy, I think, had some magnetic powers. You know? No. He um, had fantastic hair. I just remember that. And let let us know if uh, what 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 robots are what you're looking forward to robots taking over in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I would like a robot to wipe my butt. Um. So why are you paying me to do that? Because never mind. Okay, so uh, where are you going to be next week, John? I'm going to be working at a buggy whip company. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the French Open next week. Oh, yes. So there's a lot of coverage at yeah. the middle of the night. So there's a lot of shifts available yeah. at the buggy whip company. Okay, so this is Roland Garros. Uh, I've been, oh, um, I've actually, I'm. You've been there? No, never been. No. Oh. Um, it, it's going to be too warm, but I'm super excited about it. It. It's. Gonna, you are. Yeah, it's going to be really, really good. Uh, um, anyhow, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. Nadal. Nadal is retired, isn't he? No, no, he's going to re- he's going to retire in 2024. He said, but he's injured for uh, Rafael Nadal. Um, but um, no, there's some young kids coming up. It's it's uh, it's a new era for sure. Oh, a new era in clay tennis. Do they have any clay courts here? <laughs> what? Yeah, there, there are in Burbank. There's, there, there are clay courts. All right. Yeah. All right, John, uh, I love you to pieces, except for um, your personality and your face. Um, <laughs> I, went, I just said I loved you, John. No, I, I appreciate that. Jesus. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. yeah, except for, you know. Um, and... With that in mind, oh shit! I I need to I need to prepare. I need a producer. This is what I need. Oh my god, people! How can you imagine doing something for over ten years, once a week, and still not knowing how to do it? Is and that even possible? we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. So, so there's there's one I one thing you know Dan Etheridge who actually started the show with Marty. One of his superpowers used to be, and he probably still does it. So he's a, a television producer and he's a great actor. Um, and But he, he could tell you every single senator and representative from every state. And he could tell you when during elections, he could tell you who's going up against everybody else. It was you amazing. Know, he can't he, do it anymore. He can't, he do, can't it do that anymore. No, no. Oh, well. And you know what? I'm going to try to bring him on to, to test him on it. Proof, be like, to prove hey, that he can't yeah, do that. Tennessee, motherfucker. Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee. All right. See you next Tuesday, bitches.
see if this works this time. Hit that button. Hit that button. Hit that button. It's so loud. Yay. Martin, I gotta. Oh my god! It's too much! Hit that button. Stop it, John. Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at smodcast.com.